And here we are. Here we are again for the Jalopy Theater Corn Dog Hour. Here I am with Natalie. Hello, Natalie. Hi, Jeff. So nice to be here with you again. It is. What, I can't wait to get this next episode going. What have we got? What's happening in this episode? Well, today we have part two of an incredibly fascinating interview that we did with Samoa Wilson and Ernesto Gomez, also known as Fat Boy Wilson and Old Viejo Bones. And that's it was a wonderful interview. It was a wonderful interview. And it went a little bit long, so we cut it up into two parts. I'm so glad we got Samoa really going on the second one. I know, me too. I love hearing about, you know, how she ended up here with us and a little bit about her childhood. Time with Jim Queskin mm-hmm. and where she came from. She's uh what a wonder and they sang so beautifully oh my together. God. Her voice, oh, amazing. And then we have lots of other music, too, don't we? Mm-hmm. We're going to listen to some more tunes from Jalopy Records. And then Wyndham at the end. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, let's get going. It's the Jalopy Corn Dog Hour with your hosts, Natalie Jordan and Jeff Wood. Recorded right here at the fabulous Jalopy Theater and School of Music in Red Hook, Brooklyn. So, without further ado, here we go! Goes to the store and buy 
we just heard Single Girl, Married Girl, a song made famous by the Carter family, but the one we just heard was by our guests from this episode, Samoa Wilson and Ernesto Gomez. This is such a lovely version. I really love the way that Samoa sings on this one. Absolutely. Beautiful. So perfect together. So perfect together. I can't wait for their next record to come out. They're working on it now. Well, I think they talk about it in the interview, don't they? I think they do. Yeah, I'm sure that they're still creating. So, uh, and now we're uh, back to the second half of our interview. Mm-hmm. Fat Boy Wilson and Old Viejo Bones. Uh, just as good as the first one. And uh, here we go. Here we go. So, uh, Samoa, did you first come here with Jim Queskin? No, I came here with my band, Hokum's Heroes. <laughs> Hokum, Hokum, which everybody in this room knows what Hokum is. Yes. That band, that was an unfortunate name. Everybody's like, Hogan? Hogan's Heroes? Hogan's Heroes, what? yeah, that's a yeah. Hokum's Heroes. That's great. Hokum's Heroes. Oh, I just wanted to say about the Ridgewood Blues, it's modeled after very well-known Minglewood Blues. And, um, yeah, I just changed the words. Who wrote that? Who wrote that Minglewood Blues? Maybe John Estes? Perhaps. I think so. Uh, we can look that up later. Yeah, we'll have to look that up later. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so I came with my band Holcomb's Heroes, I was not a part of the whole New York scene here. I did have some um, a, a musical community in Boston. That's where I'm from. And my my band, um, it was actually my, my friend, um, Bruce Millard. <laughs> Bruce Millard. It was his band called Hokum's Heroes, and we were playing the same kind of music that you guys were playing here in Jalopy. That a lot of, and we we were playing some at Passim, which is yeah. the premier folk venue in Boston. Um, but more, we were playing in a lot of Irish bars and at old folks' homes and stuff like that. And Irish bars in Boston? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know they love music there, so it, it was it was a community that really is a at least to my experience. It's not like we were making money, but everybody was listening. People were into it. Um. So we had been playing with this amazing elder old timer, um, Howard Armstrong, Louis Bluey Howard Armstrong, and Bruce Millard and my buddy Matt Berlin were the last band of him. He lived to be more than 100 years old and was touring, I think, right up until his death. With wow. That. There's an amazing documentary called Sweet Old Song that's made about Howard Louis Bluey Armstrong. So there was a festival in his town in uh, La Follette, Tennessee. That was the Louis Bluey Music Festival. And for five years, we would go down there and do this, and we would tour down um and like all tour like so many tours it would be you know a disaster <laughs> breakdowns terrible flop house stays yeah and um um you know venues where nobody knew us and bad weather and all the kind of 
Mm-hmm. Fun adventures. Amazing, <laughs> amazing. I would never give it up. Fun adventures. Yeah. And it was a really big deal for us to get a show in New York City. A really big deal. It was like super hard for us to find anybody that would book us, especially because the music that we did was so weird and nobody got it. Yeah. It was yeah. just like people were like, what is that? Bluegrass? Come. Yeah. You know what <laughs> yeah I mean? Exactly. Exactly. To this day, we get a lot of that. Is that bluegrass? Yeah. Yeah, it is, that is the overlying, yeah. It's all right. I like bluegrass. Playing acoustic that. instruments. It's bluegrass. It's bluegrass. Yeah. If there's violin, there must, must be bluegrass. Yeah. Um, anyways, Jan Bell booked us at 68 J Street. We mm. were a huge band. We were a nine-piece band. Oh, Lord. Ridiculous. You were touring with a nine-piece band? Ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think we went to Roots and Ruckus at Jalopy. Oh. And because I remember that we didn't like all these people played and the band before us, it might have been Peter Stample. It was like so wild and cacophonous. <laughs> yeah, that's. And I remember us sitting there and like, how are we going to follow this? Um, and uh, Ernie Vega was the sound man. Uh-huh. And that was my first time at Jalopy. And I just remember. Um, the red curtains and the wooden pews and um, I think that there was that head on st- on the stage. Yeah, he was there for oh, ages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there was that head on the stage. The bust. The next time I came back was a, a, a while later. Um, Ernie invited me to come to another Roots and Ruckus and I remember that time I remember Jesse Carolina was playing. Mm-hmm. Blew my mind. Yeah, no kidding. I had no idea that anybody was doing anything like that. And the downhill strugglers played. And I also was completely floored. And Jackson was like, he looked like he was 14 years old. I don't know how old he was. <laughs> I think he was 14. I, I thought he well, was like... Peter Pan. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was Peter Pan. Well, the strugglers with Jackson, so that, that's many years after the strugglers started. Because um, if Jackson was playing, well, they started as the the Dustbusters. Maybe they were the yeah. Dustbusters. Maybe what it was I, the Dustbusters. I don't Craig know. It might have been the Dustbusters. Did, did they not change till the name until after Craig? They I don't might know. Have changed the name after Craig. Oh no, I don't have that history. Me neither. Um, I just was split apart, knowing that there a place existed that was playing this kind of music. It was just such a discovery and such an affirmation that, you know, like there could be a life for traditional music that was thriving and vibrant and um, of the day and yet still so reverent of past styles, artists. Yeah, I can really dig that, man. Absolutely. I was living in Washington Heights, and it took me a really, really, yeah, really long time to get here. I had been to Banjo Jim's and seen the brain cloud. Oh, wow, yeah. Oh, Banjo Jim's was uh, Eli's show. It's down home. It was the down home uh, review or the down home radio show. Yeah, I didn't live. see Eli there. I didn't yeah. see Eli there. I just saw... The brain cloud, uh. and that was 
a whole nother kind of music that I'm really, really well, into. They probably yeah. played there without Eli's show. They probably played at Banjo Jam. Yeah, they're just separate there. from Eli's show. Yeah. yeah. But um, even going down as far downtown as that to the bottom of Manhattan seemed like a really... I had a, a six-year-old daughter, so she had to come with me. She would come with me to any time <laughs> I came to Jalopy, she would have to come with me. Yeah. She fell asleep on the pews many a time. <laughs> A lot of little kids have been here when they were, for similar reasons, came here really young and slept on pews and yeah. slept on people's chests on the way home in cabs. And, mm-hmm. you know. and then later became performers. Yeah, there's definitely a whole crowd of the kids that were young and are now musicians, like yeah. Rosetta. Yeah, yeah. I could see who's you. going off to college and playing the bass and is completely amazing. You should get Hannah, Charlie, and uh, Nikki to yeah. come interview because they were pretty young when they started. Oh yeah, they, they were, were in some young. kids' classes, and uh, Hannah was Eli's banjo student when she was like eleven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard to imagine. But yeah, that kind of history—it's you know the, the community that uh, has developed here. Um, even post moonshine, right? Like then you guys turned that into the Jalopy Tavern. Mm-hmm. Some epic uh, New Year's Eve parties. Some well, there's a there's a long name after since parties. We're, we're talking about long names because the the tavern's real name is the Big Time Jalopy Palookaville Tavern and Last Chance Bar and Grill. Yes, oh. that's, that's the real name. That's the real name. <laughs> <laughs> I like really long names. That's great. I have that logo. Yeah. On the computer. I didn't I changed it so it would be just Jalopy Tavern. But I have that whole logo. Is that on the is that on the door now? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, the whole name's up there. Yeah. How funny. Wow. <laughs> but you you played you played here in Samoa with Jim quite a bit, haven't you? I've seen you singing with him. You knew him yes. since you were a kid? Yeah, I grew up with him. I call him my uncle. Oh. Um, oh. He has been, yeah, probably my, my greatest teacher. Um, and he has always, since I was 12 years old, he has always called me up on stage with him to sing a song. And then as soon as I was about 19, we started like doing whole shows together. Been on tour with him. A lot of times played um, in California and Kansas and Japan. Wow. Um, Most recently was in Boston in November to record a couple of songs for his newest album, which I don't know when it's coming out, but it's going to be really, really great. Fantastic. He he still has the jug band, doesn't he? Uh, I mean, they did did a... 50th anniversary uh, revival tour in the U.S. and in Japan. Japan, No kidding. Because, let's see, well, they have uh, Jeff Muldar, Maria Muldar, Bill Keith, Jim, Fritz has passed on. Um, I'm not sure who they get to play bass with them, but it's not like a, it's not like an active band anymore. Yeah. Although Jim and Jeff play shows and Jim and Maria play shows and like that. Was Mel Lyman in that band too? Mel Lyman was the harmonica player in yeah. that band at Amazing one point. Amazing harmonica player. Yeah. 
I've had the privilege of hearing, I've had the privilege of hearing um, old recordings of Jim Queskin and Mel Lyman playing that are like family, from family tapes. Oh man, and it's an amazing harmonica player and a banjo player and a banjo player. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I grew up in a musical family. We didn't listen to the radio or watch TV, and Jimmy in particular taught all of us kids. Uh, like, just like Pete Seeger would have this huge uh, songbook of songs. Woody Guthrie songs, Carter family songs, gospel tunes, blues tunes, uh, Jimmy Rogers, Reverend Gary Davis, Lead Belly, um, and a lot, a lot, a lot of Appalachian um, ballads. And we, it was our favorite thing when Uncle Jimmy came over, we would all assemble in the living room and he would play the guitar and we would all sing. And he would teach us harmonies. The thing about our family was there was no solo. Mm. There was never a solo. It was always together. It was always in service to spirit, in service to the music, capital M, um, it was never about, like, somebody's a star. It was always about the group. Um, so as a result, I have horrible stage fright, and I despise <laughs> being lead, lead person. <laughs> but you do it so well. <laughs> yeah. You stop yeah. a room with your voice. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Jimmy is, uh, he's, he's an amazing, amazing musician who's taught me so much. How wonderful. And we've had great shows here at Jalopy. We usually get to play with Dennis Lickman and my friend who I mentioned before, Matt Berlin. Um, yeah. I think it's probably time for another song. Sweet. Let's do the uh, Halasola. Do you want to do that one or do you want to do River Shaper? Oof. Can we do River Shaper? Let me see. I'm going to have a heart. I lost my uh, harmonica strap. Now let's do the Hela Sola. Okay. So this song is called The New St. James Infirmary Blues. And you're going to hear common um, practice, songwriting practice of mine, which is to take a folk song, a blues song, and uh, write new words. Thank you. 
You guys are working on a new record? Gotta, 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 gotta keep on recording. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, yeah. We have, a, we have that one record out on Jalopy Records. Tyler Fapo, Wilson, Oviejo Bones. Um, it's on Bandcamp. And then we have another one that's on Bandcamp that's not 
It's not under Jalopy Records um, for funny reasons. It's under Studebaker Studios. Is it Studebaker Studios? Yeah. Okay. <coughs> but um, there's another one called uh, Preparing for the Apocalypse. And that's one that we recorded. That's just a, an, uh, an LP, right? An EP. An EP that we recorded for, for a, a podcast called... Weekly, Weekly EP. EP back during the pandemic, early pandemic days, when we were on a farm in California, just riding out the pandemic in the beginning, the first year. Yeah. So that that's a five song EP that's on there. And then we have these ones that Other we're gonna. Don recorded some in Baja. We went to yeah. Baja, met up with Don, <coughs> went to. Uh, uh, a place that Samoa's family is uh, running a big, big, uh, big, beautiful house on the top of a hill, facing a beach, and then we recorded in a beautiful old library. Don was just like, "Oh yeah, oh we got to record here." Yep. Are you kidding me? Oh my god, we got to record, guys, guys. So we recorded like five songs over there, and uh, yeah, that was one of them. Fantastic. Yeah. Producing. That's wonderful. You want to do another song? Uh, you want to do another song? Can we do one of your songs? Can you lead a song? You want to do... We can do Garberville, but that's going to be in G. Not in... Not in A. a. Yeah. S- can you swing it? Uh, Unless you have a capo. You got a capo in here? Probably not. I don't think Yeah. Okay. 
and Ernesto Gomez, the lover cat. Thank you so much for coming. <clears throat> this is an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. I, I yeah, am, thanks for having us. That it's was so fun. wonderful. <laughs> oh, I'm good. just feeling like a million dollars. That's Thanks for coming. Right on, right on. Thanks for having us. You are most welcome. We'll talk soon. Well, that was the conclusion to our second part of the interview with Samoa and Gomez. That was great. That was great. I love being in a room with the two of them. Yeah, they have a really special way with the two of them. Such great friends. Yeah, and they make everyone around them feel really comfortable and just sort of happy, generally happy. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I like the in the beginning of the first one, when the first thing out of Gomez's mouth was oh, what? God. You remember? It was... Where's Something the weed? Of, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what it's like being around them. They yeah. have this sort of like, I don't know, lovely, happy, accepting. That's great. But well, what, what do we have next? Well, up next we have another tune that we have out on Jalopy Records. This one is a recording that Don Fierro did at the fifth annual Brooklyn Folk Festival. So here is Radio Harocho doing El Toro Zacamandu. Excellent. I love this song. Me too. Another just sort of generally happy note. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
Well, I really couldn't say anything better about that interview. That was it was great. And there it is. <laughs> and there it is. All for you out there in Radio Land and in, in, uh, in the Corn Dog <laughs> Universe. Coming to you live from Corn Dog Headquarters. <laughs> We have vegan corn dogs. Just just yes, so you know, we do have vegan. It corn is dogs. not all like beef corn dogs. We do have vegan pork corn dogs. <laughs> That's the truth. So now we're gonna finish this up with uh, Wyndham Baird singing the another wonderful song by Woody Guthrie, "The Dust Storm Disaster." Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening. Fourteenth day of April of 1935 There struck the worst of dust storms That ever filled the sky You could see that dust storm coming The cloud looked death-like black And through our mighty nation It left a dreadful track From Oklahoma City to the Arizona line Dakota and Nebraska To the lazy Rio Grande It fell across our cities Like a curtain of black rolled down We thought it was our judgment We thought it was our doom The radio reported We listened with alarm Wild and windy actions of this great mysterious storm From Albuquerque and Clovis and all New Mexico They said it was the blackest that ever they had saw From old Dodge City, Kansas, the dust had rung their knell And a few more comrades sleeping on top of old Boot Hill From Denver, Colorado, they said it blew so strong They thought that they could hold out, but they didn't know how long Our relatives were huddled into their oil boom shacks and the children, they was crying as it whistled through the cracks. And the family, it was crowded into their little room. They thought the world had ended, they thought it was their doom. The storm took place at sundown, it lasted through the night. When we looked out next morning, we saw a terrible sight. We saw outside our window where wheat fields they had grown. Was now a rippling ocean of dust the wind had blown. It covered up our fences, it covered up our barns. It covered up our tractors in this wild and dusty storm. 
We loaded our jalopies and piled our families in. We rattled down that highway to never come back again. Well, folks, that's the end of the Jalopy Corndog Hour with Natalie Jordan and Jeff Wood. Can't thank you enough for listening. So from all of us at the Jalopy Theater and School of Music, if you're not out there loving each other, you best get to it. So long. <laughs>